Powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN, Season 4, Episode 4040, the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Pretty uneventful weekend for me, Ray. Went up to Muskoka to a buddy's cottage, so did a lot of walking. No ice fishing. You know, that's well, fine. That's a win. But got, that's a yeah, win. that's a win, yeah. Got some exercise, uh, had some laughs, made a little cash on Kansas City with uh, a friend of mine who was all in with Philadelphia Eagles. So all in all, I would say it was a pretty uneventful but successful weekend. How about you? Uh, game in Boston on Saturday. Couldn't get out of Boston on Saturday. I don't know how hard I tried, really. Um, great city. <laughs> Went into the north it end. It is a good city. Yeah. Un- unreal meal. and um, So flew Sunday to St. Louis. Went to Darren Pang's, uh, good buddy Panger, um, uh, went to his place, watched the Super Bowl. And then, mm-hmm. so Monday morning, I wake up, open the curtains, beautiful day. It's about 11 o'clock, Panger texts me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm nothing, just finished working out. He goes, want to go play golf? Come like, on. Out of nowhere. So Panger's got, Panger's garage is a golf shop, basically. Yeah. He's got clubs of all different things there anyway he puts together two bags of clubs we went to the course played at one o'clock played in about three hours had some laughs just the two of us driving around how good is that oh it was awesome it was awesome so uh yeah a good couple of days and got the uh, panthers and blues tonight and then home tomorrow for a couple days before the outdoor game on friday in raleigh yeah, yeah. So are you a, a good impromptu golfer? For me, I feel like as I get older, I don't have to psych myself up to play, but I, I there's some things that I need to do before I play. Now, you had the morning to do those things, but still, I mean, I, I like to process things before I get into the main attack. No, he asked at about 11.30, picked me up at 12.15, and uh, everything else <laughs> just got pitched to the side, and uh, I'll... I'll get rid of just about anything to go play golf. And so it was, yeah. No, <laughs> and then I went there, clubs I've never used before. I actually played pretty well and hit a lot That's of good fine. shots. And yeah, it just, it was just beautiful. I feel day. like you lower awesome your expectation though, right? Like you don't lower your expectation on how you're going to score. You just, you think less about, okay, I got a different club. That's not the ball I usually play. I don't know. All that stuff, right? You just kind of. Right. So he had, this, he had this three hybrid in the bag. I don't know how far it goes. I don't. So I've got a shot and I pick it up and I just smash it. I'm like, oh, do I ever like this yeah. club? I was using it all over the place. I still had no idea how far I could hit it. And it was just, it was, <laughs> it was really, I don't know. I had a, yeah, no expectation. And it Good was just awesome. It was awesome. Well, and then just to wrap this up, people don't realize, they think that, Guys like you and me live the life, right? You know, we're visiting all these wonderful cities across the National Hockey League. And did you play golf when you were in Florida? Hey, you're here. <laughs> well, it doesn't no. happen very often, almost never because of schedule. So I'm glad to hear that you had an opportunity. Well, Dregs, I called Cammy yesterday and I called Cammy and, and she's like, What'd you do? I said, Well, Panger picked me up. We went and played golf. She's like, When have you ever done that? That was yeah. to your yeah. point. And I'm like, Well, I can't even remember. And so there's another benefit of, of doing one job this year and not two was like, (laughs) I probably would have been somewhere else doing a game yesterday and and I didn't have to be, which was awesome. Yeah. Hustling to get there, stressing yourself out all of it. Oh yeah. All right. Let's, uh, 
Speaking of stress, it is approaching that time of year quickly where stress is is right up there for uh, a lot of general managers, certainly around the National Hockey League. So let's start there in headlines, again, presented this season by our good pals at Boston Pizza. And we got to start with the Jake Chikorn watch. This one is a bit unique, if not bizarre. And I've been in this a long, long time, as have you, Ray. Um, so we know that Jake Chikorn has been told he's going to sit. Now, there are some theories that have developed around this. I mean, the Arizona Coyotes came out the other day and said he is not playing for trade-related reasons. They're protecting the asset, in other words, which normally tells you that a trade is imminent. I hate using that word because you use it and it doesn't happen, right? And in this case, it hasn't happened. It will happen. Um, try and identify the team. You know, some think it's L.A. My L.A. sources keep saying, hey, we're not close on anything. Some think it's Boston, not getting a straight on answer from sources in Boston, so it could be. Then you start thinking about, hey, is this kind of vintage Lou under the radar with the New York Islanders? <laughs> like all sorts of things, mm-hmm. you know, begin to percolate when when you assess on all of this. But it's time, isn't it? It's time for Jake Chikern. It's time for the Arizona Coyotes. And just as importantly, it's time for you and I not to have to talk about the speculation around where this kid is going to get traded. Okay, so I got a couple of thoughts on this. So the holding out of the okay, player, okay. To- totally get it, 100%. It's the right yeah. thing to do. Uh, last thing you'd want is you're you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm going to keep playing him. And then he gets hit with a puck and breaks his foot. And now a team's like, yeah. wait a minute, I'm not going to have him for the next six weeks? Forget it. I'll go do something yeah. else because yeah. I need those points. So sitting out now, sitting him out because a deal is imminent. A, the deal could be imminent, or B, this might be the next step of putting the final heat on the other general managers who don't know what anybody else is doing. So I might be telling every team the deal is imminent. You're one of the teams in there. You might go, geez, I better get my best look in here now. I better get my best bid in now. That's that's the second spot. And the third spot is for Bill Armstrong. Okay, he's played poker here a long time with Jacob Chikrin. Uh, I could ask $50 million for my house if I want to sell it. If nobody's giving me that price, I could keep asking for it. Or I can say, you know what, I got to sell the house. So eventually, you have to lower your price. So all these little side poker bets are going on at the same time and in the meantime chicken's just sitting there but i get, look dregs what are we now we're uh 14 21 17 days to the deadline right there's not much time to wait anymore no no i would agree with that i mean it's interesting situation um but it it, it also kind of throws into the face of, of all those who believe that teams at tank right for Connor Bedard because you look at the Arizona Coyotes of late including a, a win over the Nashville Predators last night the players are saying okay you can take arguably our top defenseman here out of the lineup don't play him until you trade him which you know could be in the next 17 days as we know but we're still going to do what we can do to win hockey games and and they're doing that right now so this is a a bit of a stinger, I would think, for for Billy Armstrong in one sense, right? Well, like, yeah, just, okay, but here you know. here's the thing: I played on a team with that won 14 games. I've played on teams that were out of the playoffs, and there's one part, you know, there's a part of the media, of course, that writes, "Hey, you know, the lo- the worse you finish, the better the draft pick you get." Nobody on the team gives a damn about the draft pick. I don't care. 
I don't care whether we draft second or ninth. It's not my business. My business is to, I'm on a crappy team. My business is to stay in the league. And so the, the team can make your lineup weaker by additions and deletions, but the players that are there, they're, they need to win because they like their job. It doesn't matter what anybody else writes or think they're doing. Remember at the start of the year when Chickren didn't play for 20 games? Arizona did pretty well. They were Beat on the road the whole time. Yeah. They played really well. You play with what you've got, and this all the tanking and all that, it, it never, ever comes down to the players. Because I know when Pittsburgh drafted Mario Lemieux in 1982, the, the team that was there, they didn't really care about Mario Lemieux because they want to stay in the league, the players. Yeah. They want yeah. to win. Now, they couldn't win because they were no good, and Pittsburgh did everything they could to be no good. But the players are going to – it's survival. It is a – it is survival. Well, speaking of survival, um, and and look, we've got Chris Abbott who's going to join us, and and we're going to look back at Super Bowl weekend, all the prop pets uh, that we had fun with. <clears throat> but then moving forward to Thursday, we're going to dive back into the National Hockey League, and you'll look at some of these teams that are kind of on the outside looking in or hanging on playoff hopes by a thread. One of those teams has to be the Calgary Flames. Um, I'm sure Brad Trelloving, the general manager, is 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 going bonkers trying to figure out why is this group so wildly inconsistent. You know, the goaltender Jacob Markstrom hasn't been nearly up to form. I would say for consistent stretches this year, um, you got a team that comes off a pretty impressive win over the Buffalo Sabers, and then they gag on a three-one lead late in the third period in Ottawa last night and end up losing. 4-3 in overtime. Tim Stutzla gets, uh, I think he had four points. He gets the overtime winner. Yeah. He, by the way, is hoping to join us for the podcast on, on Thursday. Um, so we'll have plenty of time to look at, at Ottawa, and there's lots going on with the sale of the Sens and all that. But I'm just going to flat out ask you simply, what is wrong with the Calgary Flames? Might take a while, but try and answer. Well, I, I'll, I'll sum it up by this. Look at them in almost every statistical category and their average. They're right in the middle of the league. Um, I don't think this was the thought, right, that was going to happen. But let, let's take a look, though. So from last year's team, they lose 106 points of Matthew Kachuk. They lose 100 and more than six points from, from Johnny Goodrow. They replace them with Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri, essentially, uh, up front anyway. Huberto had 100 points in Florida last year. So you'd think that might be somewhat the same. He's got 36 points. He's got 10 goals yeah. this year. Yeah. This has not worked to the level that they needed it to work. Nazem Kadri had a career-high 87 points last year. While he's having a, a fine year in Calgary, he's regressing to more the norm for him, which is yeah. a very good player, but it's not um, a 90-point player. So they don't score enough. You mentioned Markstrom. They don't defend like you think they would. Like, I look at the team. I think I'm with you, Dregs. I think it should be better. And it's just not. And I, yeah, all that I can come up with is there is every, every look from every side shows you an average team. And an average team will always be on the cut line of the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and with that territory, I mean, there comes the questions that can't be answered now. The future of the general manager, um, Daryl is the only coach on that bench with a contract extension. 
he that's got a his weird, ownership that's a, and, and that's a weird bizarre weird situation because all the assistants that are there not signed the general manager yeah. not signed no and it's a it's a, so it's yeah. an odd dynamic there yeah that'll sort itself out depending on how things go at the end of the season it you know, all, it always Calgary doesn't make the playoffs out. and hey it always <laughs> sorts itself out it's just who knows how doesn't always go the way you want it to go though right um all right, all right let's stay in the west vegas uh, and i'm looking at at just a tremendous string here of of horrible luck for the golden knights right and you know we know that mark stone is out indefinitely after having back surgery logan thompson gets hurt uh, looks like right leg, but he's week to week. He got injured versus the Minnesota Wild. It looked like a f- fairly nondescript play, but he's out for an extended period of time. Um, so before that injury to their goaltender, you know, it, it seemed pretty clear that Vegas was in the market for a forward. And I still believe that they are because now they've got cap space to work with. But are you good with Aiden Hill? Or is that an area that you've got to add at least a little bit more depth to? Well, or the real story is how how long is Thompson going to be out? And, you know, they say week to week. Like I read this morning that Jack Hughes was on the ice for practice uh, at the end of practice. So, you know, he's been out week to week. Now, is that week to week meaning two weeks or seven weeks? And mm. because that, if it's seven weeks, I think they've got to go get somebody. If it's two weeks, I think they don't. Now they've got, they called up Laurent Brassois, who has played some some good NHL hockey. Now, can the two of those guys hold it together would you look at a one like a an expiring contract of thomas grice or somebody somebody is going to get Jonas corpusallo he's he's healthy i've seen him in the last three weeks a couple of times and he's been sensational so does that does la get involved in that stuff is the chicken deal going to include vilmelka the goaltender there that all kind of that's name that interests me yeah. Yeah. You know, because he doesn't make a lot of money. He looks like an unmade bed in there, but the puck always seems to stay in front of the goal line. I, I don't know. Like, honestly, that's not the video they're showing to young goalies, but, <laughs> but, but he stops the puck. He, he's, he's really yeah. competitive, very good. But back to Vegas, if it's a longer term, like longer term of weeks to week, I think they have to get somebody. And Thomas Grice is really the name that popped up for me. You've mentioned his name a couple of times with, with, you know, teams that, you know, need some sort of depth, right? Just kind of a low expense experienced ad. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, we'll wrap up headlines with, uh, Colorado 54 games in, you know, they're, they're just outside that playoff cut. So still lots of time left. But if you're an abs fan, when do you start to, to grow concern with a fight that, doesn't appear Colorado is winning at this point. Just kind of treading water. Well, if, if you're an Avs fan, probably you were worried weeks ago. I'm looking at the standings, and you know, I just pulled them up here. They got three games in hand on Calgary and Edmonton. Assuming they win two out of those three, because they're they're a good team. You know, they're that puts them ahead of Calgary. They're only they got two games in hand on Seattle. Uh, if Seattle drops back into that into that group, they're one behind Minnesota in the central and they've got it two games in hand. I'm not worried about Colorado. I really am not. What I'm curious about is what do they think of their team and how does that relate to the deadline? Because they, when they lost Kadri, don't forget they lost Burakovsky to Seattle. 
free agent deal, 24 goals last year, something like that, 27 goals maybe. Kadri had the close to 90 points. He's gone. They haven't had Landeskog all year uh, because of injury. Like They don't score. I think of the Avs and I think of McKinnon and these Rantanen and McCarr and high-flying offense. They're not. They don't score a lot. If they can find another forward, and maybe their trade chip is Sam Girard, who seems like a bit redundant on the blue line there. Behind Makar and Byram and Taves, there's zero power play time for him. So maybe mm-hmm. that's a trade for a forward, a center that comes back to to Colorado. But I, I honestly, I'm I'm not worried about them. I, I think they're in. I think they, well, they're not in, but I think All they right. will get in. Well, there's lots of pedigree there. There's no question. Those are your headlines brought to you by Boston Pizza. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out of home, and everything in between. They have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. All right, resetting post-Super Bowl. Chris Abbott joining us. Presentation Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. Botano says the game starts now. And... All right, you submitted all the prop bets, Chris Abbott, and you know we we had some fun at your expense on the last episode of the Randrags Hockey Podcast. However, as I peruse the outcome of these prop bets, I see Ray Ferraro going three and five, me three and five, and Chris Abbott five and three. So I can't really. It's hard to suggest Ray we were being set up in all of this because they're pretty simple, basic fifty fifty answers, right? Yes, no, yeah field goal, touchdown, all that stuff. But Apps came away smiling. Still didn't catch you, Ray, in the overall standings. 15 and 12, impressive. But Abs climbs to above 500, 14 and 13, which means I finish last. That's a good weekend. That's a good game for you, Chris. I've been average my entire life, Dragson. <laughs> I'm happy to be just a smidge above average here after the full season is is finished. It's. I thought I had a lot of fun. I mean, I bet yeah. on the Chiefs the other night. I understand why some Eagles fans feel like they might have been, you know, I won't say robbed because they still would have kicked a field goal and went ahead and there was still a minute, but maybe could have been a different ending. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's funny because during the game, I was like, hey, you know what? The referees haven't been that involved here tonight. And mm. third down play, but maybe it was because I also don't think Patrick Mahomes misses a pass by that much on third down in the red zone either. So Okay, so here's, right. the, here's the thing about the officiating. I know everybody gets pissed off about it all the time. So everybody's obviously talking about the last minute holding penalty on the DB. So they're saying that the officials can't be part of the game. So if they don't call any penalties all game long, yeah, then they're being part of the game. That means they're part of the game. So some section of fans want no penalties. Of course, they're the team that got penalized. So those fans want no penalties. Right. No. So it also means that nowhere in the previous 59 minutes did any one of the Eagles players make a mistake or become part of the game. Right. Right. Like it's the way it is. Like 
I, I get people get upset about it because they focus in on one play. I get an idea when I, I saw this unbelievable breakdown by Dan Orlovsky about the pass routes they were running right around the goal line. I get an idea. Maybe figure that out so that Mahomes mm. doesn't have a receiver open by 12 yards three times. I don't, like the stuff about the officiating, I get it, but it's to me, it's a non-issue because there was 59 other minutes to play and it was awesome game. I will say this. I was at Darren Pang's house or daughter's house uh, with their, his son-in-law, the grandkids. We were watching the game. His son-in-law is from Kansas City. Have you ever watched? Oh, boy. Someone watch a Super Bowl <laughs> with that investment. So he had in That's the house. a deep investment. He's got a little TV outside where he was doing the brisket and all that stuff. And so he was, and then there was a TV we were watching. And then there was one in their bedroom. He was going around looking for the lucky TV in his Chiefs jersey. <laughs> Unfortunately, one part he found it was outside. It was freezing. He's standing outside yeah. watching the game. Oh, it was, it was awesome. That's invested. So good. I watched uh, the the. Patriots 28-3 comeback with a bunch of Patriots fans who, same deal, sitting on different parts of the couch. One guy even changed his Patriots jersey at halftime. And of course, then they come back. So it actually made it all the worse. So not dissimilar to probably what you experienced. Oh, it's funny, man. It's awesome. (laughs) Abs, take us through, you know, how a game like that evolves from a betting and a gambling perspective, right? It's 35-35. I mean, let's go to the end and then work your way back from there. But it seems pretty obvious to me that things would just go haywire at that point, right? Does he make the field goal? What happens? All of those things. Happened a long way before that because yeah, yeah. at halftime, the Kansas City Chiefs were three to one underdog on the money line. Wow. Patrick Mahomes had just hobbled off. Chad yeah. Henney's taking warm up throws. They're down 10 and three to one. I didn't bet it. I didn't bet it. I mean, full transparency. I was in the U.S. I didn't have access to my apps. I had my bets in from from previous. So I wanted to make play at halftime, but I couldn't access it because I'm like, you're telling me <laughs> Patrick Mahomes three to one. But but the sports books would have would have suffered a lot because there was a ton of points. There was all the big touchdown props. It would have made back on some some other props like yeah. nobody showing up to sing with Rihanna, no interceptions, things like that. But most of the money is always bet on the spread. So there would have been people holding tickets for, you know, the Eagles uh, to cover on a teaser leg because mm-hmm. it was so close. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a great day for the sports books, and it probably worked out as good as it could have for the betters. Uh, and it was a fun game to watch, though. It, it really was because of everything that went into it. All right. So what are we focused on now moving forward? I mean, you've cashed out on that. Now we start looking directly at the NHL and all the playoff scenarios that are going on. For oh, I, I think, I think, I think the next one, if I'm not mistaken, would be March Madness. Mm. You're right, Ray. Right. You guys, yeah. Dregs, you sound like my boss this morning. Okay, you guys did all that work for the Super Bowl. What's next? What are you doing? Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, so the NHL will get a ton of play from here on in, right? But Ray is completely right. The the next big focus, the big promotional focus, will be. March Madness, because it's just, uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced it in Las Vegas. It's its like, it's bigger than the Super Bowl, really, because it, it lasts for multiple hours and multiple days. Um, so yeah, it's its a massive betting event. So the focus will go on that. And then you're into NHL, NBA playoffs. MLB season opens up right at the end of, of March Madness. So there really is no break. F1 season will start ramping up here a little later on, too. So 
Um, there's, there's, there's a lot to be excited about, but we should next time I'm on talk a little bit about kind of, you know, the halfway point of the NHL and where things are, where they were, where they're shaping up and maybe where some people can uh, take advantage. All right. Well, let's do that on Thursday. Sounds like a deal. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. And I guess Dregs, you will for the dinner next time Ray is in Toronto. Is yeah. that how this is? That what it was? Like yeah. I just thought uh, it was a friendly so. kind of thing. No, it was, really. there's oh, no yeah. friends. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, friends. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm in. I'm in. All right, boys. Cheers. All right. Time for Ask Ray and Dregs Anything. You can fire your questions to us on Instagram, Twitter, at Ray and Dregs, or send us your queries on the website, rayandregs.com. Where are we going here? Let's start with at Iggy Fenton, right? If you could work out a trade and the cap room, what team you would you say needs Eric Carlson the most for a Stanley Cup run? Well, Edmonton, almost. Yeah, I mean, almost anybody, really. I mean, the guys. Yeah, the guys got how many points does he got? You know, like yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. And he's played. He's played terrific hockey too. It's not just yeah. that all of a sudden he's got a bunch of points again. Well, of course you could. Picture him feeding McDavid and Drysdale <laughs> like that. That would be pretty easy. Could you not picture him on the Leafs blue line? So oh. uh, you know, would would Florida be? Would that be helpful in Florida? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like the answer is not Boston. It doesn't fit there. Um, like that just doesn't. That's not the way that they play. And so I would right. say outside of Boston and Tampa, I'd say almost any good team um, mm-hmm. would would take Carlson. And that's just well. Colorado doesn't need them either. They they got McCarr. They don't. You, you can't have a couple of them. It doesn't no. work. But so I would say anybody. I would say anybody. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced he's going to be traded. There's no there's no urgency to trade him if you're Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks. I mean, you want to trade when the market is the hottest. So that's what motivates you to do that. Which maybe it's in the off season when there's more flexibility in the system. You're dealing with no knowledge of what the salary cap is going to be next year and and maybe more teams are are willing to step up and there's a better fit for Eric and his family so and and we'll you can't, see. I and mean, you can't uh, Drake's and, but and you can't ignore um that they would have to take back four years of multiple millions of dollars yeah. like it you know yeah you can say oh yeah the owner can do that yeah but maybe the owner doesn't want to do that <laughs> Yeah, people don't realize when you're chewing on 40-50% of salary retention that that actually translates into millions and millions of dollars. So yes. that's a good point. Instagram, Anthony, teams talk about retooling instead of a full rebuild. Can you think of a time where that's actually worked? I mean, it's a good question. We just talked about San Jose. They never won a Stanley Cup, but Doug Wilson was always very good at that, wasn't he? You know, he just yeah. felt like he'd he'd pull a piece out here, add a piece there, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know, the Sharks are supposed to go backwards this year, and said no, they're they're battling deep into the Western Conference playoffs again. But there's probably other examples. But the retool generally, though, Ray, isn't it isn't it designed around ownership pressure? Right, you don't want to go through a five, six plus year plan where you're not making the playoffs and you're not giving your fan base, you know, the quality competition that normally brings them into the building it's challenging well there's a great line everybody wants to see the baby nobody cares about the labor pains and so everybody (laughs) wants their team to be good they you hear this all the time they need to tear it down and rebuild detroit made the playoffs for 25 straight years they've not made Mm. it since it's coming up on a decade a Mm. decade like are you kidding me how how can you which fan is going to say yeah i'm on board for the next 10 years watching my team 
trade away all their good players so they can get to the bottom or yeah. near the bottom and then start to rebuild again. Then you've got to wait for all these draft picks you acquire. It sounds great in theory. Yeah. It's it, So the reason teams retool or try to retool is they've got half a dozen really good players and they're like, maybe we can fill in around the edges because the other one, the rebuild, it's totally unpalatable to, to a lot of owners. Mm. And, and I understand it. I totally get it. All right. Also from Nick and Instagram, right? Sean Monaghan is once again skating for the Montreal Canadiens, but not quite ready to return. How big of a, cha- a trade chip could he be with the injury concern lingering? He gets interest, but very little collateral. Just, just for mm. what that question is all about. Like, you know, I, I know his name's been linked to Colorado quite a bit. This year, do the Abs need another guy that's injury prone or injury plagued on their roster? Man, they've got right. a, they've had eleven guys out of their lineup, so that would be. Mm. So I, I think if you're making a trade for Monahan, you're trading for a player you think can help, but you're mitigating the cost because you're just not very sure how much you're going to get out of it. And could be a deadline deal, right? Like one where. You know, if you're the team that's buying, you're poking around until one, two o'clock Eastern with a 3 p.m. Eastern deadline on March 3rd and saying, all right, here's here's the draft pick. Let's close the deal. Yeah, because you've quite frankly, because you've missed on some of the other targets that you're looking at. Right. Which often happens, right? We we do sure. enough deadlines and have done over the years. That's exactly that's why you see so many of these depth deals pour in after 3 p.m. That's why. You know, teams circle back at the last minute. One more from Grant Miller, Snipe underscore 22. Ray, the loudest building you've played or broadcasted in? Um, the old form in Montreal was... It was loud. Was so loud. Uh, Chicago, Chicago Stadium. Chicago Stadium would be up there. Yeah. yeah. Even like, um, like the older buildings, of course, because they were smaller, were, were so loud. Uh, but when mm. the new Chicago... United Center, when there's 21,000 people in there and the Blackhawks were at the peak of their thing, like, wow, that was, that was loud, really loud. Um, Nashville is really loud. It's a, you know, the, the sound bounces around there. Uh, so I, I would say all of those are, are, are ones that I would think are amongst the loudest. As a player, I mean, you, you've often talked about how you love playing at the Forum right in in montreal and it's not just that it is it's the overall atmosphere you're you know that you're in you're in a hockey shrine you know to to some degree the when it's so loud as a player that you can't hear anything i mean there's obvious challenges that go with that but do you feed off of it because it's such an electric environment it's almost like the challenges aren't there you know like they are challenges, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to talk to the guy on the bench, you got to lean over and yell in his ear. Yeah. Like you can't just talk to him. And so yeah. I found that you'd say, do you feed off it? Oh, I found that so awesome. <laughs> like I, it, it was a, be like, listen to this place. And you know what? I'm going to throw <laughs> one other place that was crazy loud. Yep. It was the old Colisee in Quebec City. If they scored a couple of goals, bang, bang, that place yeah. was so loud. And the, and the announcer would just like bring the whole thing to a crescendo. Montreal was the same in the form that Claude Mouton, the PA guy there forever was yeah. just oh so great. It was so great. Awesome. All right, buddy, we're going to get out of here and 
start thinking about Thursday. But in the meantime, you've got some hockey ahead and and traveling back to Vancouver for a couple of days. Yeah, I'm going to get the Panthers and St. Louis today. St. Louis has already started their retool, rebuild, whatever you might want to call it. And by trading Tarasenko, then I'm going to get home Wednesday and I'm on the red eye Thursday night to go back to Raleigh. Wanted to get home for a couple of days and looking forward to uh, going to be a little bit different. There's a whole side of the stadium in Raleigh that's the student section. And so it's all tailgating and oh, like yeah. a college yeah. game day experience. So I assume there's going to be some shenanigans over there with the college students. So that should <laughs> that, that should be some fun. Okay, we're, we'll wrap up here, but I want to throw this at you because uh, our colleague Chris Johnson just tweeting, uh, the Blue Jackets scratching Vladislav Gavrikov for tonight's game, trade-related reasons. So they had been talking extension, wasn't going to fly there. So, you know, it's a trade chip. A lot of noise around Gavrikov. Uh, mm. He's a stay-at-home, physical, kind of quiet defenseman. Um, I could see why a lot of teams would be interested in him. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, kind of wraps up where we started, right? We started headlines with Jake Kickern being held out for trade-related reasons, and now Vladdy Gavrikov being held out by the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right. Have a great broadcast. Get home safely, and uh, we'll reconnect on Thursday. Yep. Talk to you Thursday. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, you bet. And a uh, big shout out to our partners who make the podcast possible, our title sponsor, good friends at Canadian Club who ask, are you over beer? Buy Boston Pizza. Pick it up. Get it delivered to your door. Just let Boston Pizza do the cooking. Buy Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. The game starts now, says Botano. And by Doer, use code RNDPANTS and you will save 15% off everything at Doer. CA. Episode 40 of the Ray and Drake's Hockey Podcast. Until Thursday, stay safe, everybody. 